Hi, I'm Dave Westberg, and you're listening to the Billboard Insider Podcast, where I interview industry leaders about trends impacting the U.S. out-of-home advertising business. This podcast is sponsored by BillboardLoans.com, private lenders to the out-of-home business for 22 years. BillboardLoans.com, fast, smart, committed. Today's podcast guest is Stephen Johnson, owner of Waller Outdoor. In 2019, Waller Outdoor installed its first digital billboard in Waller, Texas. Welcome to the show, Stephen. How you doing, Dave? Doing great. Stephen, you and your wife have a, a media background. How did it lead to out of home? So my parents started working in the newspaper business when I was a little kid. And so I had exposure to that for many, many years, would help them in the business. And as I got older, I kind of strayed, went to some other things, but they still maintained that newspaper. And years later, I got married and my wife worked for them for about 10, 12 years. One day, I was uh, going to the airport and I ran across my first billboard, my first digital billboard. And I, I literally exited the freeway, went back around <laughs> and sat under it for about five minutes. It did you really? I was so, you yeah. know, taken with it. I did. Yeah. Made my flight. You know, a couple of days later, I told my wife I needed to show her something. And we got in the car. We drove over. It was about an hour's drive. And then I told her I wanted to show her something. And I showed her. And I was I was talking to her the whole time about, you know, the newspaper business is, is good. We had bought that from my parents when they retired. So she had been running that paper. Of course, I work in oil and gas, but I help her run that on the, you know, at nights and weekends. Mm -hmm. and. Mm -hmm. And so we were just talking about the different things that could happen with a newspaper. You know, newspaper had been in decline, and we didn't see any effects of it, but we knew it was a possibility. And you have social media and, and different things that was taking away some of the advertising from most newspapers, although mm -hmm. not ours. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we just thought, hey, this would be a good way to supplement our income or to eventually – uh, if the newspaper didn't continue to be a success, you know, we could just go into the billboard industry or something. It was an idea. And of course, I don't think anyone can see one of those digital billboards and not be mesmerized by it. So, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that initial thought, that initial glance at it was, you know, to me, it was, I just, the idea of having one was, was intriguing. So that was the beginning of seven years of us looking into it and researching it and trying to figure out how we could become an owner-operator ourselves. Wow. Are there synergies between running a newspaper and running an out-of-home business? Absolutely, Dave. I think there's a lot of synergies. My wife does all of the advertising creative. She builds ads. She sells ads. She does the pagination for the, for the editorial, building the paper layout. I help on the weekends. I do editing. I do a lot of the body copy, writing some of the stories. We have an editor, a columnist, and some freelance reporters that work for us. And, and so I kind of coordinate all of that. But so when you're dealing with a billboard, you know, the, the biggest thing, and in fact, the question was asked of me many times is, are you familiar with how to build an ad? Do you know what hmm. an ad would look like? Do you mm -hmm. know any of the software? I had several different parts to this puzzle. Uh, they all, the first thing they asked me was, did I know that? And of course I told them we did. I didn't think that was going to be an issue at all. And they said, well, it's incredible because that's the biggest hurdle that, you know, someone getting into this business would have to, to know. And so us knowing that side of the industry was super helpful and I think uh, would have been tricky for most people. But we knew that. She knew the software. Mm -hmm. She has since kind of taught me the software. Of course, scheduling for the billboard was easy because that comes with 
you know, the manufacturer, if you get the right manufacturer. So, but between the two, you know, dealing with the community, having the community contacts that we had, the client base that we had, you know, we work in the community. I grew up in the community. So, you know, that side of it, which is probably 89% of it, uh, you know, selling the ads and building the ads was just not a factor for us. Why aren't more newspapers in the out-of-home business? I can think of some. I can think of Time Shamrock. I can think of a paper in Georgia. You're in the business. Why aren't more newspapers in the business? Similar customers. You know ad design. Why do you think more haven't gotten in the business? I really don't know. Unless maybe it's the 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 cost. I mean, I mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the price of newspapers, you know, there's a couple of in, in adjoining communities that we're aware of, people that that have bought these small newspapers. And, you know, you can buy them for relatively, when I say relatively small amounts, for the same price as you could, you know, buy a couple of digital billboards maybe. But I just think a lot of times they, they see that cost as cost prohibitive and and maybe they don't see the return on their, their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only reason I can think. I've, I've actually thought of that question myself mm-hmm. many times. And I just see it as a big future way, uh, you know, to move forward and out of home. And, and you know, the advertising and newspapers, you know, is, and, yeah. and for most communities, newspapers is, is definitely in decline. Yes. We haven't seen that yet, fortunately. So I think uh, my, my other observation is also it works great the smaller you are. When you have one P&L, one owner, it's all the same pot of revenue. Everyone's pulling in the same direction. The bigger a company gets, if you have a newspaper newspaper group, a newspaper salespeople, an out-of-home group, an out-of-home people, everyone fights over who gets what money. And my sense is the, the papers that have really thrived when they've gotten in an out-of-home or the small broadcasters that have thrived in out of home are so small, it's all one budget. If you get too big, I mean, that's the lesson of Clear Channel Outdoor or iHeart. That's the lesson. If you get too big, everyone fights over budgets. But if you're small, you can be nimble and all pull in the same direction. Well, so you were fascinated by a digital billboard. How did you choose the location to put it? So I actually did not choose the location. What happened was I, I began researching. Uh, I, I got into the Texas Administrative Code, found out that municipalities had to permit these billboards, and our community had outlawed billboards probably 10, 12 years before that. Hmm. So I was a little you know, taken aback, and I started looking at all these adjoining communities, even throughout Texas, of where they would allow the permitting of these billboards. And and so, again, that was part of that seven-year time period that n- nothing really happened. I just kept doing my research. But one day, someone approached me locally hmm. and asked me if I thought about expanding into other types of advertising, like a, a digital billboard. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, some of these businesses, they can do these on-premise boards. And, mm-hmm. you know, they started going digital. And there's a couple of them in town. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, no, you know, the, the local city doesn't allow them. And they said, well, you know, just ask them, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. So I did approach them and ask what they thought. And they said, well, so what we do here is our our belief is that the city's job is to promote its residents and its businesses. Mm -hmm. So in some cases, depending on what it is, we have we will allow a waiver for a local business to expand their business or Mm. grow their business as long as it doesn't, you know, detract from the community in some way. Yes. So I presented my idea to them and they said they thought it was a fantastic idea. So we got before the 
the governing body and and they approved a waiver that mm-hmm. would allow us to do that but but it was only because we were an existing advertising business and had been for many many years and then they also required that we do it on our property it had to be owned by us it couldn't be leased mm-hmm. and I, and I don't know if they were you know considering that they wanted to be permanent and they wanted to be you know family operated I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what their reasons for those were but they required that it be on owned property it just so happened I owned two different parcels of land on the highway in our business district. So, you know, that kind of narrowed down my locations. But as it turned out, I didn't know this at the time, but a 35 mile per hour speed limit and a red light right in the middle of town are, are, are perfect for digital billboards. So, you know, it was it was a perfect answer. I had, I had owned the property, so mm-hmm. here we are. I, I can think Justin Powell at Huntington Outdoor, he has his his acronym for putting in a new billboard is the KIST acronym, C-I-S-D. See, a billboard should either be on a curve, it should be at an intersection, there should be slow traffic, or you should hear demand. Can, do you have anything in that location? Well, it sounds like you've got two of the four You've got two of the four. Actually, you've got three of the four of the KISD intersections, <laughs> slow traffic, and demand, which is makes for a good location. Yes, sir. Stephen, which manufacturer did you use and why? So I went with Dactronics. A part of that seven-year research period for me was I'm the kind of guy who I will research something till I'm blue in the face. And, and I mean, it, it's well known. Even my customers in town, they know that I'm going to look through something pretty pretty religiously. So one of the things I did when I started Googling manufacturers, I came across, so several times I came across the phrase, you know, for Dectronics was the, the top U.S. manufacturer of digital signage. So mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. stuck with me because I wanted to go with the best. I, I considered mm-hmm. them the best and I still do. And, and then I found out later on that, of course, that pays off as well to be the best. And so I've never been one of the go to the go the cheapest route type person because that always seems to get people in trouble. And and so that's why I went with Dytronics. But, you know, when I did start talking with them, I had a, a wonderful salesperson, mm-hmm. Brittany Beniecamp, mm-hmm. and she was just an ideal salesperson. She answered all my questions and I had millions of questions. And I usually, you know, expect people to get tired of me asking questions, but she never faltered. She never wavered. She always answered my question. She was patient. She was kind. She was diligent to get back with me if she didn't have the answer. I just, I just fell in love with mm-hmm. their policies, their commitment to their customers, and I wanted them to be a partner after the sale, and they've done that, and so I've never looked back. Did you tour their plant? I did. My wife and I went up there a few months before. Mm-hmm. We actually installed a sign. We enjoyed our visit. It was very, personally, I didn't expect it to be that type of a tour. I expect us to, to walk through the building and, you know, just kind of see it and be done. But to see all their testing, all their labs, you know, all the different things that they do for reliability, it was an amazing tour and we enjoyed ourselves. And, you know, it just added to the decision that we made to use them. It, it mm-hmm. just kind of solidified that with us. So I definitely think that people should take the tour for sure. Few things are more frustrating than having to educate your lender on the out-of-home advertising business. BillboardLoans.com has been lending to the out-of-home business for 22 years. We financed Waller Outdoors Billboard, and we'd be happy to finance yours. We understand the billboard industry is cyclical and won't bail out on you during bad times. Some of our best relationships were forged during the 2001 and 2009 recessions. Visit BillboardLoans.com. Fast, smart, committed. 
How did Dactronics help you during and after the installation? So one of the things that I kind of expected and and really, really wanted was when I had a question or I was coming up with a, a question that I did not know. And, I, you know, one of the examples would be when this thing ships, how does it get shipped? When does it ship? How do you determine that it ships in three days and it gets here on site so it's not sitting there three days before all the other contractors get there? And then, you know, Dactronic would hook you up with a project manager and the project manager would they would come up with this timeline. They would coordinate with all of my contractors or subcontractors. They never acted like it was a big deal. They never acted like, you know, that I do this all day. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's going to work out great, Steve. Don't worry about it. They discomforted me at every step of the way. And, mm. and so, you know, from the time we, we made a decision to buy from them, and then, you know, I would work up these little punch lists of things I need to do and questions I need to ask. And they just followed through with those questions and punch list items and it just made me feel completely comfortable with it which is pretty hard for you to do for me because hmm. I'm usually the kind of person that <laughs> you know always making sure every little thing is done and and yes. so I was super proud of them for that. Stephen who fabricated your steel? So RMG Outdoor. Mm-hmm. Chad Kerr. Mm-hmm. Were there any challenges in the project or was it pretty much straight up pretty plain there vanilla? Was none. Once, once we had the location settled you know, it's it's kind of on a straight piece of roadway, but when you go, uh, you know, maybe a little bit down, several hundred feet, there's a little bit of a curve. So we even included that in our little plat that we sent him to make sure he understood what type of signage we would need, what kind of support we would need. Mm-hmm. And so he was always super helpful as well. And, and, you know, there's other things, too, that are important in all of this, whether it's him, whether it's the installation guy, whether it's Dactronic. You know, early on when you talk to these people, they give you a, 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 a pretty much a guesstimate. They give you a quote based on what they know. Mm-hmm. And then as you finalize all your little details, that quote tends to change. I can say that my contractors and Dactronic, they didn't change those prices. Even if some things changed a little bit, you know, there was at one point where between the time that we talked about the structure and the time that we installed it was over a year mm-hmm. because of different permitting things. And, you know, the price of steel actually went up during that time. Mm-hmm. And but they did not they did not change that quote based on the steel. They had quoted me something and they were they told me that they were going to honor it. And, and they did. Mm-hmm. Now, talk about this is something that first time people putting up their first time digital billboard don't think about. Talk about when you had to spend money during the process. You don't simply wait and write a check when it's done. Talk a little about that process. For me, you know, I work in oil and gas, so I do a lot of construction type mm-hmm. type work at my, my day job. And part of that is, is being concerned with the budget, being concerned with the schedule, uh, handling manpower, dealing with people. So all of this wasn't terribly new to me, but of course, billboard was, installing a billboard was. But I can say that at the at the very end of the day, nothing was really required. My permitting was required to be paid out of pocket yep. with TxDOT, with the city, and that was very early on, two years before installation. So that was kind of taken care of. I did I did buy or purchase an on-screen logo, mm-hmm. you know, like a, a logo for my company that was a totally separate piece of the puzzle, but everything else was between the three. There was the installation contractor. Yep. There was the structure with Chad and then mm-hmm. there was Dactronics. And all of those 
were all paid after the sign was up. Uh, there was a down payment for the structure before they start building. Yep. I did pay that. And everything else was paid after that through billboard loans. It was very easy, very easy to understand. That's where I'm where I wanted to go with this is a lot of people just assume, okay, I put the sign up, then I pay for it. No, typically you have to put down maybe half, half the cost of the steel, half the cost of the sign as a deposit before it is being worked on. And then the other half, once it arrives on site. So you have to be ahead. You were ahead of the game, had your budget, had your financing. But you have to be ahead of the game, have your money in hand, because they're going to want a little check as a deposit before the steel leaves the fabricator, before the steel leaves the autohome company or leaves the autohome manufacturer. And I did did think about some of those things in advance. But when I'm talking to Dytronics, they were so helpful in explaining a lot of that to me. Good. When it came time for me to really get down to purchasing, I got in contact with Billboard Loans. They explained their side of it. The money was ready. So when we were ready to start building that sign six weeks or three weeks, I don't remember exactly the time span before it was going to be delivered, Billboard Loans took care of that. The only thing that I paid out of pocket was the half down for the structure. And that was because it was, I want to say it was a three or four month lead time. Yeah, right. And the reason that was, was because they were very busy at that time yes. building yes. some structures. So, but other than that, it, it was a lot easier than I thought because I, I was also under the impression that, you know, I was going to have to, the money that I had ready saved up, you know, went, went to that one payment and everything yes. else was handled by billboard. So how big is the sign? So I have a, I have two. Mm-hmm. Back to back, and they're ten foot by twenty foot. And how did you decide on ten by twenty versus fourteen by forty-eight or ten and a half by thirty-six? So one of the other requirements for our municipality was that we need to stay pretty close to what their original on-premise sign ordinance said. That sign ordinance was two hundred square feet, mm-hmm. and so ten by twenty was two hundred two hundred square feet. Second to that, I had done a, quite a bit of research on 35 mile an hour speed zones, mm-hmm. and so the 10 by 20 or even the 11 by 22 or, or something similar to that was what was kind of a trend. And 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 I had had several people. Dactronics was one of them. Was was doing some research to show me what the new trends were. And the new trends for a lot of these big big boys were. To go into these business districts with a 10 by 20 sign mm-hmm. because, you know, at a 35 mile speed limit, you can read them and you can read five or six slots, yes. you know, in the time that you're driving down the road. So it was pretty easy for me to decide on that. Plus, if you think about it, you know, had I had a location out on the, on the freeway and had to come up with twice the amount of money or mm-hmm. even three times the amount of money, you know, sometimes that becomes a, a no deal. Mm-hmm. So. For me, being in that business district, matching that ordinance, the cost, it all just fell into place very easily. So what was the installation like? It was absolutely seamless. That was one of the things I think I have to credit Dactronics with because once I put her in touch with my my structure guy and then put her in touch with my installation guy, and I also got an electrical contractor through my installation guy, she coordinated everything with them. I didn't have to do anything. She would copy me on all the emails that they had going back and forth, and I really didn't have to do anything, and it, it, it was perfect. I was a little nervous at the beginning because I was on site. Okay, it was, they were supposed to be there at 8 o'clock, 8.01 <laughs> pops up, and then they show up, and everything. They didn't even 
they didn't even have to really communicate to themselves. They it's like you know they do this all day every day, mm-hmm. so it was not natural for them. It was very smooth, no issues at all, not one. How long did it take to actually put the sign up and turn it on? So they started, and I mean when they got on site, they started drilling the hole. They mm-hmm. hadn't even drilled the hole yet, so mm-hmm. they drilled the hole probably around ten o'clock mm-hmm. Monday morning. The structure itself was installed by Monday afternoon. Tuesday morning, they lifted the sign. There's two of them, like I said, back to back. So mm-hmm. the units were installed Tuesday morning. And by 10 o'clock Tuesday morning, the Daktronics technician had the sign up and running. Wow. So it was within 24 hours. So January 2019, you put up the sign. How's the billboard been doing? Absolutely wonderful. So right now, I can say that for the for the past year, it's been about 18 months. So for the past year, we run about, we're sold out probably 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're currently sold out. We have one on a waiting list. And then one of our advertisers, if they don't renew, they'll fall away. And then if we don't have one on a wait list, we'll go one or two weeks before another one pops up. We don't have really have any trouble selling these ads. We don't have a salesman per se that goes out and sells these ads. It's basically people see them and they call us and always having someone inquire about them. I just recently, you know, with this COVID, mm-hmm. you know, we expected a decline in some of our our sales and, and we were actually busier during that time. You know, I think it has to do with your clientele too, because, you know, our realty, our realtors mm-hmm. in, in our area have, have all told me that they have been booming since this COVID stuff has, has happened. People are leaving the big cities and they're moving to Waller. I think so. I think so. And, and, and so I have two of those yeah. full time. Yeah. I have a church, you know, that's full time. Uh-huh. I've got some auto mechanics that are full time. So I've got, you know, if I've got 16 slots, 10 of them are mm-hmm. full time. And when I say full time, they're, they're not on a month to month contract. They're not on a six month mm-hmm. contract or a year contract. They're, full-time until they decide not to be. Wow. They are also customers with our newspaper that have been with us for 10 and 20 years. Mm-hmm. So we've been very fortunate to be in a community that supports us, that this is the value in advertising. Of course, we, we work hard to, to be a member of the community and do well with the community. And, and one other thing that's important, I think, is, mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot of, of course, we're, we're a partner with the city because, you know, they believe in us as well. But you know, when you have a, a charity or you have a, a civic organization that has an event going on, you know, we, we don't charge them for those for those ads. A lot of people would run them for free and donate them. Mm-hmm. What we do is we reach out to our clients and we find a sponsor for them. And we've never had any trouble finding a sponsor. So no matter what's going on in the community wow. and, and assuming that we have an open slot, we can sell those for them. And we find I just did two this last week wow. that, that had been in, in the planning for a while. And I, I just sent out a newsletter to my customer base and let them know what was going on. And within hours, I had both of them sold. So that's another thing we could do for the community. And, and, of course, it helps us and it helps the organization. It's kind of a win-win-win for everybody. Digital signs, they're changing the way cities look at out-of-home. Instead of viewing out-of-home as something that needs to be fought, it's viewed as a way of getting out safety messages, PSA messages, and supporting local businesses. And suddenly, communities view it as an asset, not strictly as a blight, which is, to me is just terrific. 
Stephen, any tips for someone who is looking to install their first digital billboard? Number one, don't go the cheapest route. Make hmm. sure that, that you don't do that. I, I, if I can give you an example, there's an on-premise sign in our area that uh, did not go with the U.S. manufacturer. Mm-hmm. So he has been in operation maybe a month longer than we have. Again, he's on-premise. We're off-premise, but he doesn't sell commercial advertising. But he, he has an industrial park and basically runs ads for the people in the park. His sign, you know, if you, if you pick a color, you can see 15 different shades of that color. You can actually see where the different modules connect. Oh, my. So the LEDs are a different shade. Yeah. It's a terrible example of, of, of not going the most professional route. You know, yes. I think you can buy any any amount of, of sign you want to buy. You can spend any amount you want to spend. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a great idea for me, of course. But like I said, I, I knew not to go cheap anyway. Plus, mm-hmm. I've read up a lot about it. Plus, you know, a lot of these cities and larger organizations are more keenly aware that those cheaper signs, you know, didn't do well. And they were, you know, having problems. But some people don't pay attention to that. So that would be my mm-hmm. my first hint or something. But uh, secondly, I think getting the right lender, because, you know, like we talked about, that can be the biggest burden. That could be the biggest heartache with buying anything. You know, anytime you, you spend money on something, especially your first time, and you don't know that, that this large chunk of money is, is going to, you don't even know if it's going to be a success. Mm-hmm. It helps to have a lender that understands the business that can comfort you. And, and, you know, that's important to me because I don't want to be stressed out through, through, through any decision I make. So yep. it helps that, that the lender knows that. And then of course, in your case, billboard lender, you know, they billboard lenders told me early on, you know, that, that you would only finance with a reputable lender. So, I mean, a reputable manufacturer. So, yep. and like I said, there was a lot of people that pointed that out to me, you know, don't go the cheapest route. Mm-hmm. In fact, we're not going to, we're not going to spend your money for you going the cheapest route because it's going to cost you in the long run. So mm-hmm. that's pretty valuable to know. And the third thing I think would be that last point we talked about with the community. I, I think that if, if you don't go into it, especially a first time, a smaller owner operator like myself, you've got to put a lot of value in your community relationship mm-hmm. because without the community, we are not going to do it. We're not going to make it, especially being in a, a smaller community. We, we have to make sure that we include them in what we're doing, make them feel comfortable, make them feel like there's a value in what we're doing for them and then help them like the way we, we sell these ads for them so that they can get anything they want up there and we can showcase it for them. So I think that's probably the third thing, most importantly, probably, is just be an integral part of the community. Terrific. That's all for this week. Thanks for appearing on the show, Stephen. You're welcome. Glad to talk with you. This podcast was edited by Lucas Jones and sponsored by BillboardLoans.com. Billboard Loans, fast, smart, committed. You can listen to episodes of the Billboard Insider podcast by visiting BillboardInsider.com or by subscribing to the Billboard Insider podcast on iTunes or any of the usual podcast outlets. Our email is BillboardInsider at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple weeks.